This is Kenny Horn at WMSC, and I am currently joined by famous still photographer Clay Enos. He has worked on a lot of films and done a lot of other work with just mobile photography and been pretty much everywhere. Clay, thank you for sitting down with us. And the reason it worked to have you on right now is because you recently worked on Army of the Dead with Zack Snyder. Can you tell me about what it was like working on Army of the Dead? compared to other of the films that you've worked on with him? You know, well, I mean, this is the first time, first of all, thank you for having me, but uh, to answer your question, you know, this was the first time Zach was DP and as well as director, DP being director of photography, the cinematographer. And so he was just on all the time. I mean, he's, a, he's normally energetic, effervescent, uh, you know, just spirited director, but this just allowed him it really felt like we were in some sort of movie camp, you know, a lot of, a lot of returning crew, uh, all of us, it's like family. And so, and the environment was amazing. We shot in Netflix's studios in Albuquerque and then in Atlantic city. Uh, so it was just, it was just a ton of fun and, and, you know, it had been a while and, and after the sort of struggles and frustrations of, of justice league, it was just great seeing Zach back at it, uh, not only was he the DP too, he was an operator, meaning he was he was holding a camera, right? So John Clothier was the A camera operator and Zach was the B camera. Not that there was much distinction, but, uh, and John Clothier has worked with us since Watchmen, just like me. Anyway, it was just a ton of fun. You know, that movie is fun. And and it, it from start to finish, you know? So it's kind of, it's kind of nice having been there at the beginning and then watching it last week, uh, really really kind of putting a bookend on on a fantastic experience yeah i haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet but can you tell me a little bit about those struggles with justice league you mentioned them briefly well, well you know they're well documented i think the vanity fair article probably does the best job yeah uh but but you know it was it while filmmaking or, or let's just say the movies in general everybody brings a very personal approach they have their favorite movies these stories resonate within us but for for people who make movies there's another layer, you know, you, you give your time and your energy, you know, years of your life in some cases to a project. And when it gets sort of violated or, or dismissed or, you know, the, the corporates, and I don't mean to blame anybody, you know, there's, there's any number of, of factors, but when the project doesn't go as planned, it can feel personal. And in this case, it was quite personal. Um, so a lot of us felt, insulted and frustrated and uh but ultimately there was vindication and Zack Snyder's Justice League exists and, and it's a masterpiece look and even if that's not your genre right and a lot of people don't like superhero films it's sort of an undeniable effort of filmmaking uh there, there are shots in there there's just there's such attention to detail that whether you care or not about you know the flash it, it's still an impressive bit of of um workmanship of artistic endeavor of storytelling and i and i think that's really what what is feeling we're all feeling vindicated that it exists in the world now and we can all and everyone can sort of judge it for themselves again genre aside the film is quite something and really satisfying to watch for those of us who made it yeah speaking of artistic ability and what he was able to do with that i want to talk a little bit more about your work and the opening title sequence of Army of the Dead that just came out includes your classic photo shoot style with handmade backdrop, 
how did this come about and how much fun was this to see in the film? You know, that was those those photos were like there's they're holding photos, right? So they're he's got this Irving Penn, Zach had this Irving Penn backdrop made. And those are actually filmed, those are filmed events, right? So we're dollying in on them holding photos. Those photos are ones that I made, but they're kind of props within that larger uh, world. I think I think Zach and I both love that Irving Penn style, that sort of, I don't know if it's um, a kind of acknowledgement of the medium and um, they were fun to make. You know, they're sometimes very stressful to make. There's, there's one of the, like the soccer mom um, who, who sort of finds her fate in the early, in that title sequence, um, you know, shooting with natural light at sunset. Uh, and that that kind of thing, and a lot of times we were we were rushing to get those shots. So there was a lot more stress making them than when I saw them in the movie. Uh, that, that happens a lot, you know. If it's freezing cold, sometimes I remember the scene more than if I if I wasn't. <laughs> anyway, it, you know, it's it's very self-referential that title sequence, and I and I like that kind of thing. Zach and I both like that kind of thing. But I was, I'm you know, being a still photographer, referencing an Irving Penn. Um, aesthetic is, is super, super satisfying and kind of fun to be part of. Yeah. Also just so much more work than you see in the movie too. Yeah. And I, and I bet one of the benefits of being a still photographer is that you can release books of just the pictures and stuff like that. And I know you've done that a lot with other films and other things that you've worked on. Is there going to be something like that for Army of the Dead? Yeah, there is. I think it comes out June 1st. Now, of course, I don't release those, right? I'm my contract is such that I don't really own the pictures. They're owned by the studios, yeah. but, but the filmmakers decided to work with Powerhouse, or excuse me, with uh, Titan, a publisher they've made a lot of books with. And uh, they've put something together that should be really fun to look at with a bunch of behind the scenes photos and what have you. In, even Netflix, you know, on their, they have a creating an army of the dead little featurette uh, that's on the service right now. And they used my photos a ton inside that documentary, which was really satisfying. You know, a lot of times I make far more photos than anybody ever really sees, but Netflix seems quite, quite clever and, and their service is such and their audience is such that they can find photos and, and serve them to all the various constituents that are you know, subscribed to their site. It's, it's super cool. So book's great, but also the service itself is using my images and that's fun. Yeah, where else are your pictures being put out. You mentioned Netflix Gosh. books, but where else? You know, I saw that Zach, Zach and I both use Vero True Social, the kind of ad-free, algorithm-free, data mining-free uh, social network. And uh, that, he's been sharing some of my images there that are, that's really fun. And you know, his, his style in this film was super lensy and very shallow depth of field. And so I, I mimicked that as best I could with my camera and my lenses. Uh, and so the images that he's shared so far sort of share some of that, those qualities, uh, really satisfying. And, and I think that's the primary place. Of course, all the fan sites and what have you, uh, they, they trickle out in a million different ways. That, yeah. the, the conduits for, for uh, image distribution are way beyond my pay scale though, I must say. I make so I want, them, I don't, I don't know how they end up out there. I wanna circle back a little bit back to uh, Justice League that we briefly talked about. We talked yeah. about how great it is for it to be a thing, because there was a lot of problems with it. But how does it feel for it to finally see it actually come to fruition? Well, as I, as I mentioned, it is really satisfying. Again, these are personal things. I've known 
Deborah Snyder since freshman year of college, you know, just random encounter. And we've been friends ever since. And, and so that kind of connection to the filmmakers and to a project uh, is, is important, you know, for me, it's important. And in a perfect world, I would only work for Zach, right? If, a, if, if, a, if I was sufficiently uh, financially independent, that's what I would do. And because, as I said, it's like working for friends, you know, college is the closest analogy, actually, that I can make to what, what it's like working with them. You know, when you've got a project and you're, if I wasn't back in film school, that's kind of what a film's like, feels like with just a bigger budget. Instead of having to work the, you know, in the cafeteria as I did or at the equipment cage, uh, we've got, you know, millions of dollars to play with and, and off they go. That said, you know, I am a very small part in this thing. I am the still photographer. I'm kind of the witness to the entire process. I don't actually make the movie. Uh, I make my make my little contributions, but ultimately, I'm I'm the fly on the wall for the fans. I'm the I'm a, an, the first layer of the marketing messages. So, you know, it it could be disappointing, or I could be I could be sort of ego um, beaten you know, that I'm not really important, but because I have this personal connection and I'm, I'm friends with the filmmakers, uh, I give it my all and uh, I kind of ride the waves with them. And of course, when Justice League was destroyed um, by Joss Whedon and friends, we, we were hurt. Now we're not. Now I think the world can see that there was, there was another story and a, a more respectful story, a deeper story, a more nuanced story and off we go. Would you be able to tell me more about your friendship with Zach? Because that's the thing that's striking me right now. And I really like to hear that. Well, look, I mean, the guy is like a charisma bomb. Obviously I come, I come circuitously or not so circuitously through his wife, right? So I knowing each other since college and you know, that's a long time now. I graduated in 91, 1991. <laughs> so it, you know, I've been, I've been, you know, I was in the hospital when her children were born and that kind of stuff. So we're, we're a tight knit group, you know, a, a best of friend. And, and so meeting Zach, I remember actually the first time I spoke with him, it was coming out of the theater after watching his remake of Dawn of the Dead and, and just hearing his voice and hearing his kind of sincerity and charm um, as I congratulated him on, on such a fun movie. And then meeting him later, I think we, we ended up on the set of 300. And that's where I even first saw that there was a still photography gig available for, for, for photographers. And it's been just being on set with him, like he's, he's such a lovely person, such a creative force, such a, such a attentive and considerate person. It's kind of hard not to like him. And then you combine that with Deborah, and off we go. It's hard to describe a friendship, you know, that's been oh, it's, yeah. 15 years in the making, but but it's sincere, it's, um, I miss them because I live in New York and they live in Los Angeles. Uh, when we work together every day for, on a movie and then all of a sudden we disappear, we, we separate. I sort of, it's always uh, kind of bittersweet and sad. And then you're talking to, talking to them on the phone or whatever, uh, you, you pine for the next project. Speaking of other projects, what are the next films that you're pursuing? Well, I'm, I'm sort of, being fiscally irresponsible and waiting for Zach's next project to, to get going. <laughs> That's a good yeah, one I, call to it, I call it revenue-free living. That's, 
that's what I'm in, involved in right now. If you give and, an official uh, name to it, it's okay. Yeah, I don't like unemployed. I think revenue-free living kind of puts the emphasis on on just going through your life and making sure you're still living just just revenue-free. <laughs> college college kids should know a thing or two about that. Oh, I'm I'm a pro. <laughs> I'm a pro at revenue-free living. <laughs> don't get too used to it, but but uh, look, the, there is a freelancer is a feast and famine feast or famine life and you get used to it and you learn to save your money which is always good advice for anybody you know buy some bitcoin and 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 stash it away and and then when things get lean you've got a little cushion i think that's and that's how we go and and that allows me then to say wait for zach's next project i like that you can really frame your career around your friendship that's that seems like a point of success i look yeah that that when you when you put it that way for sure i'm you know and but i only was able to do that because i was kind of a a, i was frugal and and i you know instead of going to the bars i'd buy a 40 and sit on the curb you know with my buddies (laughs) (laughs) save and save that money right and and i've always been a traveler and an adventurer and i've i've always sort of prioritized artistic endeavor over say wealth acquisition but, but not being completely irresponsible. So, I mean, there's a lot of nuance in there, but point being at this point in my life, I'm 51, you know, I, at some point you gotta stop sort of sucking up to the man and decide that it, you need to have your life and, and to choose who you wanna spend it with. I like, to, I like to say that I'm sort of on the downhill of the roller coaster, you know, the chunk, 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 chunk <laughs> of, of, of going up. Yeah. where you sort of make some sacrifices and it's it is what it is but now i'm I, now i got my hands in the air and I'm, I'm trying to enjoy the ride yeah i'd like to ask you about another relationship in your life your your wife christine she creates and makes jewelry creativity it runs throughout the household and what's it yeah. like being married to someone that's just as equally creative as you are but in a completely different field it's a ton of fun to live in a house where both of us are creative uh, I'm a little bit older than Christine, so she sometimes needs guidance. But since I've sort of lived the artistic life for most of my adult life, I can help her through some of those sort of lulls in your self-esteem or, or what have you, or sort of frustrations. Um, but ultimately, they're worth it because the the flexibility of schedules and of of location dependency are you know lifted by because my work takes me places and this way she can kind of take her tools and and still be creative uh still design uh no matter where we are so living living two artists living together um it's not necessarily the stuff of of sitcoms or of rom-coms but but it's uh we're making the best of it and it's quite enjoyable you know it's a lot of revenue-free living yeah, it's a lot of revenue-free living. Yeah, but it would it it be different, you know. I mean, if we if we were in, the, I've done the nine to five, right, which is really the eight to six or more. It it's important maybe to have some of that, but then if it isn't for you to really eke it out, and and being an artist isn't easy, but it can be deeply satisfying um, psychically, and that. You know, we're, we live in a world where a lot of people are sort of mentally damaged and beaten and no, no shortage of that now after a year and a half of face diapers and what have you. So I think it's, 
I think it's really important for folks to sort of evaluate where they want to be in their lives and make steps towards uh, achieving that. And, and, I, and I don't mean that to be some sort of, uh, you know, it's not, it's not impossible. Just stay focused. Yeah. I always say you blend kind of, you take your passion and you blend it with patience and perseverance and, and you should be able to, uh, you know, outlast those who, who gave up. <laughs> Funny way to think about. It. Don't really be the, like that. Don't be the guy to give up. Don't be the one giving up. Stay focused. Stay stay passionate, or or, or feed your patience and passion, and feed your patience and perseverance with your passion. It doesn't always have to be in making the thing, right? Yeah. Kind of a, a bl braid those three things together, and I think you'll be all right, and you'll be happy. You might not be rich, but you'll be happy. That's the more important thing. You know, it's a cliche, but it's true. It is true. Uh, we mentioned very briefly before Vero, uh, something that you're a part of, and so is Zach. And yeah. can you tell me more about being a social ambassador for that? Yeah, I mean, I'm, we're friends with the with the guy who founded it or co-founded it. And to me, it just you, everyone's seen maybe the social dilemma, and and everyone was talking about it, but no one changed a thing. Everybody, the network effect and the addictions of of Instagram and Facebook and what have you, are are so deep. That, that I just decided I'm giving up Facebook, I'm gonna abandon my Instagram and I'm, gonna, and I'm going to use this service that mimics my real life experience of friendship uh, better than anything I've used. It, it, your friends aren't an audience, your friends are a resource and your friends are an inspiration. And I think we need to return to those ideas. Um, everybody's distorted their experience of their lives through mediating and pretending and and sharing, but but really, it's um, Vero to me solves the problem of of bringing French true friendship and true social engagement into a digital realm, right? As best as possible. Obviously, the real thing is is what you're what you should really seek, and uh, and then Vero then mimics that the best of any of them. And look, it's it's free for now, right? Um, and it would be free for anybody who signs up. Later on, it'd be subscription-based. And I think we're gonna see more of that from the other services, so, so get ready. Anyway, I think they're just ahead of the curve. It's really beautiful, it's elegant, it's smart. It's, it is what it is. And I'm super anti-Facebook and Instagram. And I don't know why more people aren't, but I understand the addictions. Yeah, it's, I like that you're, you base it around friendship. And I think that's been a running theme throughout this whole talk that I've had with you and just your career. So thank you for sitting down with me, Clay. I had a great time talking to you. Uh, likewise. Well, all the best to you. And uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. If you're just tuning in now, I just wrapped up an interview with Clay Enos on 90.3 WMSC Upper Montclair. I've been Kenny Horn. Thank you for listening and make sure to tune in to our other shows. Goodbye.